0: On today's episode of Double Down Trent, it is the divisional round of the NFL playoffs arguably the greatest weekend in the entire NFL season. We've got two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday, and they all look to be fantastic games. It's the first time in over 50 years where all four of these games are decided by less than a touchdown spread-wise. So anything can happen. We've got Hughes, we've got the Model, we're talking NFL, but we're also squeezing in a little bit of college basketball. We're getting closer to March Madness and Mr. Model's got his analysis on how his model is doing so far in the season plus we got one fantastic crossfire on the books so you're going to want to stay tuned for episode number 124 of double down trend
1: Double Down Trent. You might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports. Predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies. Let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron. Man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive. So you know it's always hype. Make sure you
0: subscribe. Trust you don't want to miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah. Double Down Trent. Let's go. This is Double Down Trent. All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co host for the evening. Joining us tonight, Mr. Model. How are you doing, my friend?
1: Friday night podcast. This is one of the few times we have to meet on a Friday night, but life happens. Excited to talk some NFL right before the uh, playoffs get upon us tomorrow and Sunday. Also, hopefully, we touch on a little basketball, too. I got some uh, little plays that I would like to share.
0: Oh, absolutely. And you're correct. Life comes at us. You know, it's Friday night. Had a little date night. You know, we had mother-in-law's in in town. The wife and I snuck out. It was a beautiful little evening. Now, what that could translate to is a few more drinks. I also Mm -hmm. know we're joined by Bill Hughes, who also was dabbling in a few little beverages of the evening. Our Patriots expert in Philly, Bill Hughes. How you doing, bud?
2: I'm doing well, uh, absolutely It's that time of year where you can leave your beers In the garage, out on the back porch It's a natural cooler It's the best time I've got a king going right now um, And yeah, man, it's going to be a fun night I think I'm going to blame COVID for why we're all here And not the fact that we all have kids And are old um, <laughs> On a Friday night But at the same time, you know Bring it to them live And this is uh, it's a big weekend for the NFL Yeah, And I'm excited
0: the outdoor cooler. I'm so glad you brought that up. That is such a thing that if you grew up in certain areas, you just know. Hey, stash it oh, here yeah. in the snow. Stash it outside. It's good to go. Go pick it up a week later, and you
2: still got yourself some beer. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah, no, it'd be the best in high school when you'd uh, you'd roll out to the woods uh, with a warm 30 pack of Budweiser and stick it in the snow. The first few were the worst ones, but by the time you started getting into it, I mean, yeah, they were ice cold. Oh, was it was gorgeous. Mountains definitely turned blue at that point. <laughs> Yeah, we weren't rich enough for Coors Light.
0: No, no, we're drinking natties back then. (laughs) Well, gentlemen, it's a big, big weekend. The wild card, the super wild card weekend is behind us. Our Calcutta, you know, came out to some pretty interesting results here. Mr. Milo, I'm sure we'll go over this, but there are some things that happened in that Calcutta that I just was not expecting. What about you?
1: It's entertainment. Uh, it's been fantastic. I'll tell you what. The Zebras got way more airtime than they ever, ever should have. That was my huge takeaway from that first weekend. That was uh, that was a little brutal on their part. A lot of not great calls.
0: You never want a playoff football game to feature the referees. They don't want to be the ones you see front and center. And it just happened in so many games. That yeah. It was just terrible, Bill. And, like, you know, even the first game, the start off right off of that first game, that Bengals-Raiders game, the refs, I mean, like three or four just major, major fuck-ups in that game. And then it continues the, the Cowboys 49ers game. I mean, it was just mess up after mess up by the refs.
2: Yeah, no, and it's, it is one of those things you just never want to really talk about. Like the refs, um, I mean, personally, I despised referees when I played football and basketball probably more basketball oh my god uh anyways we don't even give that but at the same time like it's you know like those guys get nervous too it's a big stage um you you got two of the best teams and i don't know the the cowboys game was a hard one to interpret from my perspective because i liked the play call i thought Dak should have gone down earlier i actually and then on top of that i think everybody's pointed this out but like they just didn't handle the football in the right way. The center can't just get over the ball in what world would you, when you play, when you're nine years old, you can't spot the ball for yourself. If there's a guy wearing stripes on the field, that's just how the game gets played. So those guys either didn't know that got caught up in the moment, but yes, they should have turned around, handed the ball to the official. I think they would have given them the benefit of the doubt on the spike to, to have one last shot at the end zone. But again, I think the Cowboys didn't handle that execution and to blame that on the refs, Like, You had the entire game to play better. They sucked at a lot of that game. Like they just weren't, they weren't good. And I thought the, I mean, Troy Aikman, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Troy Aikman went in and he was pretty much like the game of football is not that difficult when you've got a guy like CD lamb and the guy across from him is totally scared and playing 12 yards off. And you don't even throw him the ball. He's like, Michael Irvin would have had 10 catches by halftime. I do agree that they either overcomplicated the game plan or just like didn't take advantage of the stuff that was right there in front of them. But they didn't and they're at home and I'm not yeah. upset about it. I did
0: see that quote and it, I'm so glad he said that because like you know, yeah. he, he's he's now kind of representing that old school football, but like you're right, Hughes. It, it's that kind of like pickup ball mentality. Like if you see a corner 10, 12 yards off him, throw him the ball right at the snap. You're gonna get mm. five, six yards. It's a glorified handoff that you're yeah. guaranteed to get those yards. I just think so many of these coordinators now, whether it's offensively or defensively, but particularly offensively, just try to outsmart themselves and then they get ahead of themselves and all of a sudden they're throwing the ball. I was texting you guys, there's, there's so many opportunities. Like, you just ran the football. Yeah. You've got control of the game. You're dominating the line of scrimmage. Just run the football. I don't care if you're a passing team, I don't care okay. if you have the best passing scheme. Run the mm-hmm. ball
2: people had to be thinking about the Falcons skin when Shani is like yeah. out there acting like they're down 15. I'm like, guy, you're up. Like stop playing like, playing. And that's, that, that's his, that's his thing. I mean, I think he's always said that I, but he, he did talk after the Super Bowl about feeling like he would have done it differently. And then he gets in the situation again. And I did think, you know, Jimmy G didn't make some of the best decisions, but at the end of the day, like you're calling those plays, you know what Jimmy G has done in some of those situations in the past. Like, yeah, run the ball. Like You have an advantage to run the football. And yet, they just, they were going to play with fire and they almost got burned.
0: I mean, I forget the exact scenario, but I think they were up like at least 14, maybe 17 with like, you know, two or three minutes left in the third. Like, and they're just chucking the ball first and second down. It made no sense.
2: <laughs> when he threw that pick, man, I the was just pick, like, they deserve this. You're, you're just saying
0: to yourself, like, y- you know, Jimmy G's not like this superstar first tier quarterback, right? You want him to play smart, limit the game, and limit his exposure when you know there's a chance that he could always just uncork a bad interception and then to just put him in that position where he just completely made a terrible decision, made a terrible throw, and now all of a sudden the Cowboys have the ball moving down the third yard line. It was just so dumb. So a few things that we got to take in that just I I can't even comprehend, and we'll talk about for this week because it's going to factor in when it comes down to some of these coaching mismatches. You know, yeah. can these coaches get out of their way? And I don't know if they can. Juice.
2: Yeah. And, and last thing there and just, you know, obviously I've been um been riding my team all year and, and been really excited about some of the stuff the Pats have done. But I do want to say rest in peace to the uh, 2021 New England Patriots as they clearly showed their age down the stretch and got dominated by the Buffalo Bills. Um, so we'll see what happens, but I did want to just, you know, I didn't want people to think I'm just like, not pretending like they got <laughs> clobbered. Um, but, uh, but that was, you know, like a lot of these games too, like a lot of blowouts. I yeah. That was another, another little piece of, of, of last weekend is, you know, you just had, you had some, some games that just weren't competitive at all. Um, And not not that that doesn't happen every year, but I think we talked about maybe the sliding door of wishing that the Chargers maybe got in to create some more compelling matchups than what we saw. Yeah,
0: it probably would have been better. I'm not probably it would have been better. I mean, let's be honest. The Steelers had no life. I I know they jumped out to a lead on a defensive touchdown, but no life. Just ridiculous. Now, Mr. Model, I'm going to put this to you because you are our smart man. You're our resident thinker of the group here. When you saw Hughes hedging his Calcutta and taking the Bills and the Pats, did you ever think that the Pats would be the team sitting on the biggest blowout?
1: That's exactly what I was going to bring up. No, no, absolutely not. I actually thought it was a great move by him to take his Pats that aligned interests in rooting, but then also go with the Buffalo Bills. So he gets the wild card win. He gets those uh those points and he gets that amount on the pot and unbeknownst to anyone i never would have expected that the pats are i would say very likely the team who is going to win the biggest point differential as the loser and take that four percent part of the pot
2: as well
0: yeah now hughes there's no way you were thinking the Pats were the biggest blowout right you're just thinking like maybe they got a shot at winning
2: yeah no absolutely i mean i think uh I think I I definitely went into that game not I I I always confident. I always think that this team has a chance to win when they've got Bill Belichick on the sideline. Um but at the same time the Bills were rounding into form a little bit when they played the Pats the last time and I thought that they thoroughly and this was in Gillette dominated that game. The score wasn't as lopsided. Um but I also thought that the Pats the defense just didn't look good down the stretch. Like they, they looked old. They looked like they were tired. Um, They did not look like they had a lot of punch. And when you see a team score seven straight touchdowns and throw a perfect offensive game, and it's supposedly your rival, you got to start to think about the fact that the bill, and I said this, I think this is more the bills than the pats. Um, But this is a little bit of that Pat's defense, just looking like, they had nothing to bring to the table in probably the last five games of the four games of the season, um, and the, the Bills no punts, no field goals, no, no interceptions, no fumbles. Yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable football game. Like, I mean, like offensively, seven straight touchdowns. We you mean you don't even do that? In like like Awkward. little like again like yeah, it yeah. just doesn't even happen. So hats off to them. Um, you know, great, great, great team.
0: I am happy for Bills Mafia because last year they weren't in the stands for the playoffs. You know, they they missed out on a little bit of an experience. That must have been a phenomenal moment for Bills Mafia. But yeah. I never we got would another, have thought,
2: and we and we got another dildo in the field. So yeah, they no, were uh, they were in full form for sure. It's called a buildo. It's a buildo, Sorry, <laughs> I thought it was a tom. Yeah, whatever. They, those guys are nuts. No, but they do oh, have oh, a good. They yeah. have a good time, and and clearly. Um that fan base, you know, loves that team and they deserve it. I mean, it's a good team. Uh, I, I thought they were great all year, DVOA, top of the league, um, or top of the AFC. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I think uh it was definite, definite coming out party. But hey, guess what? They gotta go to Kansas City.
0: Yep, and we'll get to that game. I just want to quickly touch on my personal experience with this super wild card weekend because I was in the islands, my friends. I think I had perhaps the greatest football experience of my life. And it was not just because I was in warm weather watching these games. I also had to lock in my bets before the trip because you can't make international bets. We're not, this isn't, this isn't the grand Caymans. Okay. I didn't go there. So I lock in my picks and I'm thinking to myself, you know what, who knows, feel 50, 50 on either of these. And I was picking against one of my old buddies from high school in this little league I've been in. So I aligned myself with my picks. I felt confident with them. I said, you know what? I'm either riding with these picks and winning or I'm dying and I'm in the islands. (laughs) I'm at a beach bar and my picks are hitting, okay? It's just – I I couldn't describe a better feeling. So I start getting the buzz going at 4.30 on Saturday. It's coming through. I'm feeling good. I had the Bengals in the under and it hit. And I'm at the bar. It just was – it was glorious. There's a little ocean breeze behind me. Phenomenal. Now let's fast forward to Sunday. Okay. I'm feeling good. Won two of my picks on Saturday. The only channel that our little condo did not get was Fox. Go figure, right? So I couldn't watch the bucks Eagles game. So I'm like, babe, I got to go to the bar to watch this game. Like, yep. I got a lot on the line. I got to bet I'm in this league. I got a lot happening. A lot so the on. stipulation was that I had to take our four-month-old baby with me to the bar.
2: <laughs> so. Fair, fair trade-off.
0: Fair trade-off. I'm sitting here like a degenerate with a four-month-old on the bar, <laughs> screaming, cheering, rooting for the Bucks because I had the money on the Bucks, and I get the Bucks pick right. And lo and behold, the the baby did phenomenal. Didn't even cry. The bartender Perfect. gave me a little shot of milk so I could look like I, I could stage a picture of the yes. baby taking a <laughs> shot of milk. It just yes. it worked out phenomenal. So great weekend, won all my picks. Now what that means for this weekend, I don't know. It could be anything. We'll see what happens. However, before we jump to the divisional round, Mr. Model, yeah, talk to me a little bit because as one season ends, another season is rounding into peak form. College basketball, the model. But where where do you want to start? Because I, I, you talked me into a bet right before we recorded, and I'm, I'm on it with you now. Yep. You want to start with that, or do you want to start with some bigger thoughts, some teams you like? Where do you want to go with this, my friend?
1: Yeah. Let's go. Let's touch on the bet that we have riding right now. We're recording on a Friday night. Um, the bet, one of the better bets that I thought that I just couldn't explain why the line moved against me. Nevada is home playing Fresno State in basketball. Now, Fresno State has one of the best players in the country. And a guy named, I think it's Orlando Robinson. Never heard of him before I had watched a game from them, uh, I think, last week. Um, Phenomenal player. Uh, Fresno State definitely more highly rated. Has uh, one of the best players in the country as well as a really good defense. So when I ran my numbers on this, I had Fresno State winning by five. I look, the line apparently opened as Fresno State minus two, but very quickly went to Fresno State plus one. I have no no idea. I checked injuries. I looked in news. I have no idea why it quickly moved to Fresno State as an underdog. And then the game actually closed Fresno State plus two. It moved against me even more. So I I ended up taking a position at Fresno State plus one. That is good enough for me to bet. The game is just starting, kicking off. So I will be keeping an eye on it as we record. But uh, I'll be rooting for those uh, Fresno State Bulldogs, I believe.
0: And you talked me into it, so I'm on the money line, Bill. You'll appreciate this. <laughs> so I sprinkled a little yeah. money line plus 120. I mean, plus two. I know I can. I know that's a number that you can you can see in college basketball. But if I'm getting plus 120 on the money line, I mean, well, let's just dabble. What are we doing here? I mean,
1: yeah, why not? I, I will also admit that I have uh, sprinkled on some uh, spread bets, and I have money line as well. So. So let me tell you something. I
0: looked up this Mr. Orlando Robinson that you were talking about. Seven foot two thirty-five, little wanky, but okay. Averaging nineteen and eight, and he's coming off with a couple of monster games. So hopefully, you know, I don't. If I said I follow college basketball super closely, I'd I'd be lying. But what I do know, especially about these smaller schools, if you've got a dude that can dominate a game that is a major betting edge that's tough to find and this guy I mean he's putting up some serious numbers right now
1: he puts up phenomenal numbers in Ken Palm he's actually ranked as the fourth best player of the year right now between a guy behind a guy from Kentucky Ohio State and Gonzaga he is fourth
0: I mean, that's wild. Last three games, listen to this, 31 points, 12 boards, 24 points, 11 boards, 11 points, 13 boards. So, I mean, hey, Jeez. let's see what happens with this Fresno State. Maybe a dark horse come tournament time, my friend. I
1: I will be keeping my eye on them for sure. Now, one of the other things I love about college basketball is that Saturdays, after the calendar flips from December into the new year, you get these Saturdays that are just packed with games. All these games are ending up uh, Tuesday is a very common day. And then Saturday is another very common day. So tomorrow we have about 140 games being played in college (laughs) basketball. You have 280 out of the 350 teams playing on a single day. And, you know, sports books are really stretched thin to make sure that they're getting all their lines. Correct. So Friday night and Saturday morning are a busy time for me to, to really be assessing some of those numbers and getting some picks down. So I have a couple that I've identified now. Some I've taken position on, some that I actually expect the lines to shift a little bit, and we'll see if I can get a better number. But I'm going to throw a couple at you if you're ready.
0: Oh, hit me, my friend.
1: Okay, so the first one I'm going to give you is something that I've already taken a position on. This is the game everyone is talking about, Southern Utah and Idaho State. I, I know this is top of mind. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the total on this. Um, I ended up grabbing a total of over 135. Um, I actually expect this to move pretty quickly. It's already in some places up to 135 and a half, and I've even seen it at 136. So I had it at 135. So I'm going to grab it. I expect this game to land right around 142 as the total. And again, that was a big enough discrepancy for me to play this.
0: And again, just get, let's get the listeners a little update. So when you see a delta between what the line is and what your model is telling you, what what is that number that you're looking for? Is there a hard number or is there like a percentage that you're looking at? I,
1: I try to use the, the A hard number and you know this is up for interpretation sometimes but right around five and a half is is my number that i try to bet so if the line is you know 30 uh sorry 130 like a total of 130 and my model predicts that it's going to be 136 or greater that's a line that i'll very likely look at and might might take assuming that i've checked for injuries and all this other stuff that checks out and actually looks good
0: okay so I'm seeing 135 and a half in my book. What was the, your, your model's number for that over-under?
1: So I, I think it's going to land at 142
0: oh.
1: is what I think. And I ended up grabbing – I was able to find a 135, so I, that's why I grabbed it now. I'm not sure if it's going to be able to, to uh, drift down and you'll be able to grab 135, but um, I liked it, so that's why, that's why I grabbed it early.
0: Okay. What else you got, my friend?
1: Okay, so the next one I'm going to go to, is, this is a team I bet on way too much this year, and I have no idea why. Uh, Towson is a team that my model loves. Loves. So um, I, I, at some point, I'll go back and look to see how I've actually done with them. I would I would think that I think I've bet with them maybe four or five times already. Um, they have experienced some injuries, so their best player is back. He just played in his last game. I don't I don't not remembering his name, but he's been out for a while. And he just came back. I think he played twenty minutes last game. So they're going up against North Carolina Wilmington. The line on this is Towson favored by ten. In some places it's ten and a half. some places it's eleven. Sometimes you could even find a nine and a half. I ended up choosing to take Towson minus ten. I was hoping I could grab a nine and a half and I just couldn't find it. And I was worried that the line was going to be going to 10 and a half or 11. So that I would recommend taking 10 and a half or 10. I have this game as a Towson win by 16.
0: Okay. I'm seeing 10 and a half, but shaded toward Towson minus one two.
1: Yeah. That doesn't surprise me because I bet it flipped up from 10. Not very long ago. Okay.
0: Okay. I like that.
1: Yeah, right. Any more juicy nuggets? One, I'll, I'll do one more. I'll do one more. And this is a game I have yet – I have not placed a bet on yet. So this is still out, uh, outstanding. Um, Georgia State is home against Coastal Carolina tomorrow. Um, Georgia State is – I think they're ranked 186th in Ken Palm. Uh, Coastal Carolina, about 10 places better, 175th or 176th. Coastal Carolina is an underdog of about four and a half or five points. I actually have Coastal Carolina winning this game by one, so it's close. I'm I'm the reason I'm waiting is that I'm really seeing if I can grab Coastal Carolina plus five instead of four and a half. Um, there is some injury uh, with a pass starter for Coastal Carolina, but he hasn't played in the last five games, and my model should have kind of picked that up since it's been beyond five games. So that's not something I'm as worried about. Um, yes. Costa Carolina is away, but I actually think that they could be sneaky and, and win outright in this one. So if I can get them plus five, I think that's something I'll take.
0: Okay. Now, before we move off of the college basketball, you mentioned a couple of closing line value bets that you had that didn't work in your favor.
1: Mm. Now yeah.
0: the educated gambler will agree When you've got closing line value, chances are you're going to be doing well. Yeah. What is it, do you think, about college basketball where you're getting this closing line value but the bets aren't paying off? Do you think this is just an anomaly or do you think that, you know, maybe it's just something funky with college basketball?
1: Uh, Honestly, I would guess it's just the law of, like, small numbers or the law of large numbers. So, you know, I might have um, 20 bets that I've made this year out of 200 that – the closing line value is better than 15 or 20%. So, like, just as like a kind of hand wavy example, it might mean that I bet a total of 130 and that it may have closed like 132 and a half, right? So, like, I got a kind of, I grabbed it two and a half points before it closed, and that's saying I grabbed an over of 130. So, like, that's a good example of where I'd guess it'd probably be like phenomenal closing line value at 15 or 20%. It's just not a ton of games. So it, if I just keep doing it, if I'm able to keep more and more, I think in the long term, then my performance will get better. But I think right now where I'm where I'm at with some of those is maybe like 45% in the ones that I have fantastic closing line value. It's just That's been a crazy. little bit of yeah, it's just been totally ba- as backwards from what I would expect. So
0: you're saying you just need more data. If I may quote the famous Clay Davis from The Wire, Crawl, walk, run. Gotta, <laughs> gotta get your steps in the proper order, my friend. You know, maybe, maybe next year when you've got all the, you know, a full season of uh, extra data, then you're feeling good. But shit. <laughs> I,
1: I think that's spot on, and to me, it's a grind. Like that's the best way I could put it. There's basketball season goes for months, and I'm doing this day in and day out, and I have a process set up. Some days are great, some days are just abysmal. And it's just trying to keep a consistent, you know, high-quality process and trying to do it day in, day out. And it's – I don't know. It's a grind.
0: It's a grind, yeah. my friend. You just got to keep that. Well, early returns for Esma State's up 13-7. I feel good about that. If I may take you boys on a quick, slight two-minute detour now that we've mentioned a wire reference. Before our trip that we took to these islands, we went to the U.S. Virgin Islands, right? Because we didn't have a passport for our four-month-old baby. What well, we did need – is a birth certificate.
1: Uh-oh.
0: Didn't get it from the hospital. Apparently, just didn't Takes fill out. Takes a while. These, yeah. Well, not even that. Apparently, they said we didn't fill it out. We filled out the Social Security. Paper, <laughs> the whole, apparently, didn't get a birth certificate, right? So we are sitting here being like, what the fuck? We're not going to get this birth certificate? So, we decide to call them up and like, yeah, we'll mail it to you. Or, well, who, who can trust them now, right? <laughs> so, it's now 10 days out. We still don't have a birth certificate. So, we're like, let's just fucking go to the DC vital records and let's pick it up ourselves. Right. So we go pick it up. Yeah. Long story short, we get her birth certificate. We fly out. The trip is fine. Right. Well, we get back two days after we get back UPS with a certified mail shows up with presumably a birth certificate. Right. <laughs> like a lot of good. This did us We're two days. They were already back from the fucking trip. Well, we just open it up. Cause we're like, whatever we paid for this. Let's see what it is. The birth certificate. I'm not gonna. This is not an exaggeration. I will tweet this out if we need to. I'll, I'll black out the important things. The birth certificate was for one James McNulty, fifty-four year old man.
1: No, I no. Where am no. I? Was
0: like, what the fuck? How do you get Jimmy McNulty's fucking birth certificate? And I'm looking at this, I'm like, if this says his like birth tab, birth city, or like, you know, whatever it is, is Baltimore, Maryland. This is gonna be a joke. Someone's playing a prank on me. But I swear to God, this is a real birth certificate, and DC just sent us the wrong one. So I started laughing, like, well, this is hysterical. But then i are like, what if that was what we relied on to go mm-hmm. on this trip? And we're going hey, our four month old daughter is actually a 54-year-old detective from Baltimore. <laughs> oh, I'm fucking real. So now I might frame that. I might I might put a little uh, redaction and tweet that out because that's what happened, boys. <laughs>
1: Man, that's wild. I'm I'm glad you made it. I'm glad it wasn't an issue.
0: But it's fucking I, I, I couldn't help but laugh. I was like, you've gotta be shitting with the odds of
2: having Jimmy McNulty's fucking birth certificate show up. Ah, oh, he's the great the greatest. I feel like it's actually a good omen. It might it might lead to uh, to good things. Hopefully not alcoholism. <laughs> not um, alcoholism. <laughs> at the same time. That's one of his charming qualities.
0: It absolutely is. It absolutely is. All right, gentlemen, let's turn our attention. This is my favorite football weekend of the entire season, the divisional round. You still have multiple games, multiple days of the week, but we've kind of weeded out the teams that probably shouldn't have been there. I'm looking at you, Raiders. I'm looking at you, Eagles. So we got some good matchups. Mr. Model, do we want to take a quick rundown of where we stand on our Calcutta? Because – I think it's an important thing to go over
1: right now. Yeah, let's do some quick standings and I won't get into all the details, but if you remember 80% of our pot is going to be allocated based on wins after the wild card weekend. 21% of the pot is goes to the six teams who won their wild card matchup and then we will continue to allocate the rest of the 80% for the divisional conference championship, et cetera. The other 20%, if you remember, it goes to the, some props that we had picked, which we won't get into now because we have to wait until all the games are played, but those will be really fun to watch and root for. Obviously those Patriots are those, the big losers right now. And the uh, horse in the leading horse in the clubhouse. And I cannot wait to remind Hughes time and time again, that his Patriots are the, uh, that horse, that, that leader. So, so, Given our pot ended at around three forty five, each win for the wild card earned a team twelve dollars is what we had set up for the uh, wild card wins. So to date, me, Aaron, um took home twelve dollars for the Kansas City Chiefs win. Coulter took home twenty four dollars for the Bengals winning and the Rams winning. Hughes was the big winner of the weekend. The Bills, the 49ers, and the Bucks all won. So that took 36. And then Kaz came out nothing listen, this week. Which is okay. Listen, which is, that is okay, okay. But I'm if, just saying. If I may quote
0: from training day, this shit is chess. It ain't checkers, okay? Oh boy. <laughs> okay? I wasn't gonna a lot of money on a team that was going to get eliminated in the first round. I wish he was here to defend himself, but Coulter spent $16 on the on the Cardinals who <laughs> are no longer in, whereas I spent uh, $13 on two teams that I knew were going to get eliminated but I sprinkled my money on those teams. So, I'm playing the long game. You know what I got in my pocket? Both number one seats. <laughs>
2: Hey, we'll see. Um, we'll see. You better, you better hope that the Titans uh, come out and play like everybody keeps talking about them. I, I mean, I'm on them, but we can talk about that game. But you got to be a little bit nervous.
0: Yeah. No, listen, I'm a little nervous. I thought that the Steelers had a shot to be the team that got the biggest blowout. I thought they might have given me a shot at the most turnovers, the most sacks. Like, I thought they could sprinkle me some prop bets. But fuck your pats, man. Just
2: came in and said, nope, we'll
0: take this. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no. I mean, it's going to be nice if I can uh, get a little uh, silver lining to them getting blown out. Um, yeah, yeah you, got, yeah.
0: you sprinkle the pockets, you know. But also, I I didn't come out empty-handed because I believe I I put a little investment. I bought some stock, if you will, in the Cincinnati Bengals. So I I took a little scratch home.
1: You, you did. There was off-air. There was some repositioning of stakes, which I didn't want to even get into because I don't think the listeners are going to yeah, really care, but right. that, that is exactly right. You did take a little position in those Cincinnati Bengals from Coulter. Um, so you did earn some, some small, small cash money uh, after this first weekend.
0: Indeed. So let's shift our attention to these games. Cause I, I mean, I think there's going to be, there's a potential for all four of these games to be very good games. I would be shocked if we got a major blowout like we got in the wildcard weekend. Um, And it's obviously reflective in the lines. I think the biggest line is five and a half or six, which is that green Bay Niners game. Otherwise everything else is pretty damn close. And we're seeing a little bit of line movement as we get closer to these games, but let's just start off. Let's go back to our tried and true method. Let's make two picks, make a a first pick that we feel good about. And a key pick that we feel is the hammer down lock of the week now, Bill, let's start with you. You won our, our league. You're feeling good. you won the most amount of money in our Calcutta. Take it away, my friend, with your first pick of the week. Uh,
2: first pick of the week is what I think the like the line that like it made sense, um, but at the same time, I thought getting under three really made it worth it. So I'm on the bucks, minus two and a half, at home against the Rams. I think there are a lot of things to maybe not love about the way that the bucks played down the stretch, but I think they are clearly um, in a position from a personnel standpoint. That's better than they were. in some, some situations, they got some of their, some of their guys back on D David looked good. Um, you know, they got, I think the best offense now they are a little thin and if guys, if these guys get dinged up early, then they might have some trouble, but I think their offensive line can handle the Rams front. I don't think the Rams at times have shown that they can really score a lot of points. And I think the Bucks could turn this into a track meet. So I'm on the box minus two and a half is my, is my first pick. Yeah.
0: And that line movement, it, it had been sitting on three all week and now it dropped down to two and a half crazy. Mr. Model. What do you think about that?
1: I, I am in full agreement that would have been my first pick to Bucks 2.5. You know, I, I won't allude to my key pick, but it's also going to be connected to this game. But, yeah, I, I'm in total agreement. I think this is not going to be a, a track meet, a, not going to be a shootout. I think there's going to be two really good defenses playing that ho- hopefully slow then those offenses. But I just don't see the Bucks losing this game.
0: Yeah, I don't either. When I was sitting at three, I think I was leaning towards the Rams just because that's a key number that Rams defense can – can make some things happen I think but two and a half in Tampa Bay I just don't know how you go against Brady I really don't that offense I mean granted they played Philly and that you can't put too much stock in that game but what I will say is an important thing to take away from that game Philly got after Brady they got sacks they pressured him they they got after him and Brady still put up numbers so I guess you you know you can say the Rams front four is better. It is. And then maybe they get to Brady a few more times, but under three, I just, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. You know, if that number is three and a half, I think maybe you got to start thinking the Rams, but two and a half. Well, I just don't see that number making
2: any sense for picking the Rams. Well, and I think Coulter actually had sent the lines before the game that had the double matchup. So it was like, whoever the bucks were going to play. And it was bucks minus four if they were matched up against the Rams. And then I think the Rams came out and people, you know, Odell looked good. Like they're, they're they look good. I mean, I'm not going to say that they did, but I do think that a lot of people's initial read maybe was that this game should have been a little bit, maybe stretched out on the, on the line. And it isn't. So I do think there's just a lot of value there to man.
0: Yeah. And I, I still think that even though Stafford got a playoff win against the Cardinals, I still think he's the quarterback with most pressure this weekend. And to have him going up against Brady, I mean, that's just such a tough spot. And, uh, I, you know, if you're gambling, which we're doing, I don't know how you bet against Tom Brady. I mean, he he burned me last year. I did not think the Bucs and him were going to be as good as they were. And he's the guy just continues to go out and win these playoff games, cover these playoff games. And I think the one thing I'm looking at, and I think he practiced today, is Tristan works. I believe he practiced. I believe they're
2: expecting him to play, right, He's I, that's my understanding though. He, it didn't look good. Come like at, in, in their last game um, when he tried to come back in, uh, he was clearly um, wounded. I think it was an ankle, right? Yep. Um, so yeah, definitely. That's, that's a big piece of this. Um, Von Miller looked great. I mean, I know we've got some, uh, some Broncos fans that like <laughs> to uh, contribute their thoughts on how uh, great the Broncos are. Um, but ultimately they did decide to trade what is easily their best player. Um, to a team and he looked good. I mean, he ran down Rondell Moore on a little swing pass and I was like, Oh shit. I was like this dude. I mean, he's still got, he, he still can play. And so I do think that that is, if you look at a guy that could be a difference maker for the Rams that, that just, again, could wreck the day Vaughn could show up and, and play a big role, especially to your point of Worfs is even if he plays, if he's wounded, if he doesn't play, whatever happens, but Tom is the expert at getting the ball out of his hand, and yep. that is what he's going to have to do. And I think the way that they're been able to to just dissect people, like Bruce Arians had a great quote: um, "Once he figures you out, you're in trouble." <laughs> and he's done that and played this team before. Um, hasn't had a ton of success, but I can't imagine that they keep him down for you know for another time. Actually, I shouldn't say that. He threw for, like, 500 yards the last game, um, but they didn't win. Uh, but at the same time, I think I think he has a nice day. And yeah. I, I think I, I, Vaughn would be the thing I'd be the most, like, concerned with because I did think he looked spry in that Cardinals game. Yeah. It helped that, it helped that the Cardinals didn't look like they knew how to play football, but that's Jeez. a Cliff Kingsbury problem that they need to fucking address.
0: Yeah, it's times like this where we miss Adam Coltrane because he would be hammering home <clears> the coaching <throat> mismatch of Cliff Kingsbury Versus Sean McTay. How could we pick Cliff Kingsbury?
2: But yeah. I don't know. We did. Right. We did. I did. I went all over too. the fucking Cardinals plus five and a half, and they yeah. got – they looked like they didn't belong in the playoffs. Yeah, it is embarrassing.
0: All right. Mr. Ma, let's go to you for your first pick of the week.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to stay in that same game, and I'm going to actually look at the total. I am going to say that this game is not a track meet. I'm going to say that there are two – good defenses that show up and can slow down the offenses here. Um, The number that I'm looking at is 48 and a half. I think there's that it's either that or 48, which is the, maybe the numbers that are available. I like under 48 and a half. And again, the whole reason unlike this first weekend, we're having teams that are much more high quality, much more uh, strength on strength. Um, So this this is to me is going to be, way different than what the matchups we saw in the wildcard weekend. I just really expect that this game to be slower, fought in the line, more runs, slow. So I would like to think that this is going to land uh, under 48 and a half instead of the uh, shootout and go over. Thoughts? Okay.
0: Bucking the, uh, the, the first game they played in the regular season, right? I believe that went over that. It was like 50-something, right?
1: It's a different time now. Now it's playoffs. Now it's the uh, you know, move forward. A that lot has happened. You. A lot has happened. Yeah.
2: Okay. Hughes, what do you think? Uh, I, so, I mean, I do think that that is, I think it's easy to think that this game and the bills chiefs game are, are both going to be just absolute like shootouts. I do think that the, I, I don't think the Rams have looked like a shootout type team recently and probably with the bucks being down a few weapons without having Godwin and, um, with some other guys being banged up that I, I think that's probably the better side to be on. Cause, cause I think, um, you know, the defensive side of it is, is, is really and, and I think that is going to come into play. I think both of them know how to play defensive. It is the playoffs. Nobody's going to want to make a big mistake. You're going to probably see a little bit of a punt fest. So no, I think, I think that's a great play.
0: I think too, what you're, what's under, valued in this game is that I think both these teams want to establish the run game. Now, uh, I I think Fournette's going to play. He's still maybe up in the air, but the Rams have found something with Cam Akers and all of a sudden he's opened up that run game for them, which opens up a lot of different things. But in both scenarios, when you are controlling the ball on the ground, you're controlling the time of the clock the clock is running. You're keeping the other quarterback off the field. So I think both those teams want to do that. And, uh, yeah, I'm with you, Mr. Ma. I think I'm, this is a lean under for me if if, uh, if I had to be on the side of that. So, Love it. Yeah. Well done, my friend. <sighs> okay. I'm struggling. I'm struggling for a pick here, but I've got it. So I'm going to go with it. I am taking a mismatch nightmare. I'm taking the 49ers. Oh, 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 oh. let's
1: go. I'm taking the 49ers and the
0: points. Let's go. <laughs> I hear what everyone is saying. It's the Packers. It's in Lambeau. They've had a week to prepare. They've been sitting there. They're getting healthier. They're getting people back. Jimmy Garoppolo's never played in a cold game. I hear all the noise. I'm going to just bring you guys back to week five. These teams played each other. Granted, it was in San Francisco. Granted, it was gorgeous weather. October in San Francisco. Gorgeous. It took... A last-minute, miraculous drive from Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if you guys remember this. He made two throws that were about 30 yards in, in travel distance that just barely went over the defender's fingertips to Devontae Adams, and they kick a field goal to win. Tight game. Now, a lot has changed, but you know what else has changed for the Niners? I think Kyle Shanahan has figured out that Debo Samuel is a freak of nature and that he has figured out how to get Debo the ball. Now, the reason I'm on this is that it's a huge risk knowing that Joey Bosa is still questionable. I think if Bosa plays, I love this five and a half. If you get it at six, love
2: the six. But I, the reason, go ahead, is he playing? I thought that he came off, the con- out of the concussion protocol today okay. and off the injury report. I'm okay. trying to double check.
0: If that's the case, then I absolutely love it. Because what do they do? And what did they do to Dak? They get pressure with their front four. And that allows you to do things on the back end of your coverage. Now, obviously, Rodgers is a freak. He can fucking tear you apart. He can shred you apart. But I think with their ground game of the Niners, I think they can control the clock. I think they can do some things physically on offense to neutralize the Green Bay defense. And if you keep Rodgers on the sideline, five and a half, especially if you can see six anywhere, love that number. Now, my only concern, my only concern is if the Packers get the ball, they go right down the field and it's seven nothing. That's my only fear. If <laughs> anything else, I love this pick. So, what do you think, Hugh? I'm going to turn it over to you five and a half with the Niners.
2: Oh man, this is a tough one. I am also on the Niners. I have shared my recent love affair, or uh, excuse me, love for Mike McDaniel, their offensive coordinator. I love Debo Samuel. Um, I think the amount of times I've seen the graphic where Debo Samuel gets drafted like a hundred picks after the Pats drafted Nikhil Harry makes me want to fucking cry every time. And I mean, AJ Brown too. So AJ I mean, Brown J. Yeah. Brown came after DK, I think probably came out. I mean, fucking kill me. Um, but anyways, I love Debo Samuel. I love this. I love the way this team plays. I was nervous, especially Fred Warner and Bosa both had me nervous that, cause they would not be the same team. If they, if those guys are not, and and I am a little worried, they're a little dinged, but I think, I think the weather will neutralize a little bit of that. Um, And I think that the playoff atmosphere will, will neutralize a little bit of that. And obviously probably a little bit of um, Toradol or whatever they're, they're pumping in there. Um, The boys will be ready to go. Uh, But I, I really like the Niners in this matchup. Jimmy G needs to do the, just one play at a time. Jimmy G don't try and do too much take what the defense, because the def- that defense will give them some yeah. stuff. They do have some guys coming back. I saw that they activated um, the defensive end. Uh, oh, God. There, no. Yeah, Z- Z- yeah, Z- there, Smith. There. Yeah. Um, and one somebody else, too. So they, they've got some guys coming back, but I think the week off is going to have hurt them. I don't – I think it's going to have been – I think the it'll take them a little bit to get into this game, I think. But to your point, if they come out and they get – and they get the ball first drive and they march down the field and score a touchdown. could be a long day.
0: Yeah. That's my only fear. What do you think, Mr. Model?
1: You know, I'm going to just recenter myself and and channel my inner culture and say, give me the green Bay fucking Packers minus five and a half. I'm also seeing a minus five minus one Oh nine right now here available at Serka. I'm like, yeah, I I just, I'm not, I'm not going to overthink this to me. This is the end of the road for the San Francisco 49ers. Yes. They looked uh, and played a great game against the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, it was close at the end, but yes, they prevailed. I just think in the long scheme of things, I am not going to get caught up in the recent narrative of how well Debo Samuel or how they can manage and you know try to limit what Garoppolo does so he doesn't make a mistake and really kill them. I just think the talent level of the Green Bay Packers, both on offense and defense, is going to be able to overpower anything the San Francisco 49ers are going to do. And if I channel my inner culture, I, I, it's either him or Hughes loves to talk about how average Shanahan's record is mm-hmm. at San Francisco. And that's, that's the here. best way I could <laughs> to put it. Yeah, like average, pedestrian, you know. So, yep. you know, I, I think uh, I think the week off is going to only help Green Bay, help them get healthier, help them come back and be ready to go. I will absolutely take them minus five in this game. Do I hear a crossfire? Is that what you're suggesting? Uh, I You're on the button. I'll in. I'll in on that. Yes, please.
2: <laughs> I will say that this this is a smart pick. I mean, Green Bay has been the best team uh, in the NFL probably all year. Um, maybe not all year, but most most of the season. I do think, though, there are, there are some flaws in the way that they. Um, they sometimes just look like they're disinterested. I don't know. Like, I'm not saying that they're going to look that way. I think Aaron's been a little bit of, like, a nice shield for them, even though everybody thinks he's probably a distraction, that no one has to even talk to the media because he's just up there doing his thing. So maybe that'll help, but I I just want – I want to root for San Francisco, um, and so I'm I'm on it. And I'll take the points, too. I mean, it's playoffs. The yeah. Packers can win by three, and you're fine. Right. You still, you still I, win I, money.
0: And don't get me wrong. I, I feel like this is a – Packs win easy. Maybe not easy, but this Packers are gonna win this game. But you know, to me I I, I like the points here. I could backfire. I could be like, hey, I'm taking Rogers, I'm betting against Rogers in the cold and Green Bay, but as a Giants fan, I've seen it. I've seen it happen. So you know, it's possible.
1: And I, I'm willing to pay to see it. I'll pay to see <laughs> the 49ers win this game or at least cover. Absolutely. I
0: mean, that goes back to the crux of this podcast. You're the smart gambler I'm the only one who's just betting by my balls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hughes, let's get your key pick this week, my friend.
2: Nobody circles the wagon <laughs> like the Buffalo Bills. There's no way I can turn back now. I'm on this team. I mean, in our Calcutta, I put 52 on them They're my, The team, I think, is going to win the Super Bowl. I think Josh Allen's playing out of his mind. I talked about them pitching a perfect game. I think that the Chiefs have flaws. I think the Bills can get to Mahomes. I don't think this is the same Chiefs team. I don't think the Chiefs' defense is very good. I'm, I mean, guys, give me the points. Give me the money line. Give me the first quarter. Give me the first half. Let's let's do it. Well, I mean, like if if it's if it's ever gonna happen, it's gonna happen now because the Bills are in the perfect situation to go into Arrowhead and have what I think is the best quarterback right now in the NFL in terms of being able to do two things. He can run the ball when he needs to. He can make plays with his feet. He's a big dude and he's got an absolute fucking rifle and he's got accuracy. I, if you guys watch the, the games when he's on, he's on. Now there are games where he's a little bit juiced up and he throws, but he, there's been less of those. So I'm on the bills. I'm on the bills every which way. Let's go, baby. Okay. Now, before I give you my pick,
0: (laughs) are you at all concerned that my New York football giants have poached their assistant general manager, are interviewing their offensive coordinator and potentially distracting the architect of this offense
2: to come to New York? So here's the thing, and this is something that I I learned this earlier, so I'm not going to try and say that I've known this forever. One of the things that you must do if you want to have the ability to interview certain coaches before the Super Bowl is have interviewed them already one time. Because the Giants made their decision on who their general manager was today, they had a very short window to interview as many assistant coaches of teams that may be remaining – If they want to have another interview with those coaches, so I'm not saying that this wasn't a package deal, and I think it would make a lot of sense for it to have been a package deal. And I like Brian Dable a lot. That being said, I do think there is because I was I was watching something that they may they may try and do a bunch of very short interviews with a bunch of other assistant coaches that are on teams that are going to just so they have a shot just to to get on the books. Yeah, because if you get the first one on the books before this weekend, then you have the chance. So if the Bills, they interviewed Dayball today, if the Bills win and are playing in the championship game, they can still interview him. So, like, like he could still go in for it, but, like, if they don't interview him, he can't. He's locked out. Um, and so it's just one of those weird NFL rules. I, at least that's what that's what I read on the intranet. Um, but that's, that's one of the reasons. But I do think that makes a lot of sense. And no, I don't think that that matters. And I think that, if anything, um, it helps because... You know, you got some swag going into that game, and I think that there's going to be some guys that are ready to put it on the Kansas City Chiefs and watch Fat Andy and his mustache just wither away in the <laughs> fucking cold. All right.
0: Fair enough. Good point. Good point. I did not know that. And I guess you could argue, you know, the same flip of the coin
2: Eric Vietnamese interviewing for jobs. So I
0: guess, you I maybe mean, right.
2: it's a lot Right, and I think, too, for the Giants, I mean, just in that, say, like, they can't hire Gable without interviewing a minority candidate right. anyway, so they got work to do. I think they're interviewing Leslie Frazier. They're, yep. they're both yep. uh, they're, the Bills' D coordinator tomorrow. So, um, yeah, it's going to be fast and furious. Congrats, though, but I think you got a great GM. Uh, I mean, Listen, I, like, I'm not, a, like, a non-Gettleman guy. Uh, I thought Gettleman was funny, and, like, he's a he, Gettleman's a New England guy, so I'll always ride or die with New England guys being from New England. Um, but, yeah, like, you got a real GM now, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to hijack this and bring in the negativity about the Air Force
0: Giants, <laughs> okay? But I will say, yes, you're right, Hughes. It feels good to have a legitimate
2: general yeah. manager in that. Like He's a real like, deal. Real yeah. deal dude.
0: A guy who can fucking evaluate, who's hit on late round draft. It's just we'll do that. We'll save that podcast yeah. for down
2: the road. For, the, oh, for the off for the offseason.
0: Off season. <laughs> Mr. Model, what do you think about Hughes' pick of the Bills plus one and a half and sprinkle the money line, it sounds like. You
1: know I'm all I'm on it. You're, talk, you're talking to the guy who's holding the Kansas City Chiefs in this Calcutta. I am not interested in taking a crossfire here, but I got a ride with my Kansas City Chief team that I'm already holding a position on. I, I'm going to put out all the negative energy that may have happened in previous games from earlier this year where these two teams may have met or may have not met. You know, it's all out of my memory, frankly. And I would just like to think that these teams are going to come ready to play. Arrowhead is going to be rocking. I, 100% I do have some concerns about the Kansas city chief defense. They had been an average pedestrian team uh, unit earlier this year. I feel like they've gotten their, uh, you know, ducks aligned a little bit, but boy, could they be exposed again? So um, I would like to think that the offense can put it together and, and put this one away, but Yeah. Do not like where this line opened and where it has been heading. Looks like a lot of money has been coming to the bills, which is no surprise given the recent performance, but I'm going to stick with my guns and I'll stay with those Kansas city chiefs. That's fair
0: enough. That's fair enough. My advice to anyone who's gambling on this game, whatever side you like, just sprinkle the money line. Yeah. I really don't think, I don't think this game is ending in a one point difference. I really don't. So whoever you like, you might as well also sprinkle on the money line. Now, before I give you my pick, let me just tell you these teams that the Chiefs have won on this spectacular run to end the season that they went on, right? They beat the Washington football team. Then they lost to the Titans, so that's you know fair, but they got smoked. It was 27-3. Then they rattled off a whole shitload of wins. Guess who was against? The Giants, the Packers who had Jordan Love, the Raiders, the Cowboys, the Broncos, the Raiders again, Chargers, Steelers, they lost to Joe Burrow, and then the Broncos. Are there really a lot of good teams in there?
2: No. And then
0: they get down 7 0 to the Steelers. I get it. But even to me, in garbage time, you gave up 21 points to the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger. I just. Something scares me about this Chiefs team. This is, I will say though, this is the game I feel the least confident about in terms of making a pick. Because I really could see either way. I really could.
2: Yeah. No, no. no. The, yeah, yeah. This has got to be the game of the weekend, right? I mean, yeah, like, this is not, like, this is the de facto AFC championship, I think, yes. in a lot of people's minds. And yes. not to say that the Titans are not good enough to win it, but I do think a lot of people think this is the de facto. And then, on top of that, though, the Chiefs haven't played a complete game. And that has been Mahomes' kind of rallying cry for the last few weeks is, like, if we can put it all together, we'll be like, we'll be fine. Like, no one yeah. will be questioning this. But you're right. They've come out sluggish and slow. I do not foresee that happening in this game. If they do, that would be weird. Like, I get coming out slow against Pittsburgh because they had just smoked them a couple weeks yeah. before. But I, I just I'm, – I'm so excited for this game. Um, it's going to be uh, – it's, it's going to be really cool. And, um, you know, funny side story. Um, and I think you probably know this, Kaz, but I I, I always dub the when these two teams play the Bob Hughes Bowl because my dad my dad played for both teams. Um, and so like I was asking him earlier who he's rooting for, and he's he's on the Bills. Okay. Mm. All right. Hey, if Bob's on the side, that's it for me. I'm sold. I'm I'm
0: taking I'm taking the Bills. Uh, I, I agree. I, I do think this is the de facto AFC championship. I, I think even if the Titans win, I would bet that. Whoever wins this game is actually going to be favored in Tennessee. I bet these teams are going to be the, the favorite in that game. So, all right. I'm riding with Ba. I like it. I feel good.
2: <laughs> let's go, baby.
0: All right, Mr. Mono, let's get your key pick of the week.
2: You know,
1: as I look at the board, I really struggle to find something that I like. The things that I had mentioned that I would have been on previously, Tampa Bay minus two and a half, I would have taken that. I had already picked the under 48 and a half in that same game. I liked my Green Bay Packers minus five. That would have been another one that I would have taken that I already cross fired with Hughes. No, and then, Oh, sorry, you. And then the other one that I've called out that I got to ride with my team on is Kansas city chiefs minus two minus one and a half, whatever it is. Um, if I were to look, I'm like, to be honest with you, four games, there's nothing else that interests (laughs) me either in total or side.
0: Okay. Let, let's make your uh, crossfire with me your key pick. How about that?
1: Done. In.
0: I think that's fair because you're so strong that you're willing to crossfire. And as we know, crossfires, those are those are expensive.
1: <laughs> I'm in. All
0: right. Uh, for me, I got to take the Titans. That's my, my key pick. I love cover Joe. Joe Burrow is one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league. We, he, he started off as a rookie. We were calling him Backdoor Burrow because the Bengals were just covering. Now he's covered Joe to me. And I think he's shown these big games that he can fucking show up. But I just think the Titans have gotten so disrespected this entire year. Uh, yep. I saw a stat about Mike Vrabel. Since he's been the coach of the Titans, he is 8-0 and outright and against the spread with more than eight days rest. Whether that's Coming off a Thursday night game or having to buy in the playoffs. 8-0 outright and against the spread. So clearly, the guy knows how to prepare his team off a or you know, a long break. I also think he just, he he reminds me a lot of Belichick. And obviously, that's a simple comparison to make. But, like, think about how many times he's, like, outmaneuvered the rule book. Like, he did it against the Patriots that one time. Like, the guy just knows situational football. And, of course, let's not forget, Derek Henry's coming back. If Derek Henry is even a shred of himself, that changes everything because that offense is predicated on the play-action pass. You've now got Henry who can fucking pound the ball, but also that makes the defense respect the run. It opens up the play-action. You know the rest of the story. They've got A.J. Brown who's getting healthy. Julio Jones, I think, is coming back. And this is a thing that, again, of why I was leaning towards the Niners. They're a team that can get pressure with their front four. They don't have to blitz to get pressure. I think that's a huge component. And I'm saying that as a Giants fan who in our heyday, that was what we were built upon. It's getting pressure with our front four. It allows you to do so many things. You can blitz if you want to. You can drop back. You can mix up those coverages. I just think three and a half is too shallow, and I'm willing to buy that hook. So I'm taking the Titans as my key pick. What do you think, Hughes?
2: I'm with you. Uh, I think that this one, I think the Titans have also been disrespected I think that there's this theory that they're like a substandard one seed. Uh, They just haven't looked great all the time. And their defense at times can be a little something. But, yeah, there's a guy, Jeffrey Simmons, who is one of the best defensive front four guys in the NFL. And I think he's going to do some damage to Mr. Burrow and the – the Bengals. But at the same time, I also think that there's something funny about this team and this, this could be the, like the coach of the year, like showdown. I think there's a lot of momentum that's gone in favor of both of these guys for coach of the year. And, you know, it's, it's deserved. I think Zach Taylor, we, again, we've banged on him a lot. Uh, I think he's done a really good job with keeping that team motivated in line. They've got a lot of young dudes, uh, and, and they're they're in a position where they, they could play well enough to win this. Like, I think that's where the line is. But I do think – I think this could be a blowout. Like, I think if we talk about maybe no blowouts this weekend, I think the Titans could put and hang a big number. I I really like the Titans in this module. Yeah, and I, I think if
0: the Bengals had come out and, like, blown out the Raiders, I think, you know, maybe you feel differently about this line. Maybe the line's even different. But, you know, they, they, they struggled. And let's be honest, that game came down to the last play of the game. And now they're going into Tennessee – It just seems like a tough spot. What do you think, Mr. Model?
1: End of the road for the Bengals. End of the road. Zach Taylor, I would say better season than what I would have expected for them. Great performance. Love seeing them get to the playoffs. Love seeing them win their first game in the playoffs in how many years? Yeah, 30. 31. Good for them. I I, I can't see them getting out of this game. Uh, with the win or even a cover here. So yeah, I, especially with all those guys coming back, coming out for us, could not agree more with your assessment.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I, that, that's actually a great point And, and something to definitely be amplified is that they won the game that they needed to win last week. The Titans haven't even fucking played in the playoffs yet. Like, I mean, like we're talking about a team that's been celebrated. Like s- people are just going nuts. Like there's no like some people like they're playing with house money. No, they, like, if the things starts going the wrong way, they're not fucking going to fight back. Like, th- this is going to be a business decision game potentially. I actually really maybe like an alternate line in this. Maybe bump this up to like six and a half.
0: I don't hate that either. There's there's some juicy alternate line options out there. Coulter, I wish he was on again. And Coulter's throwing a few out there to us on our uh, our text chain. Some good opportunities for some alternate lines out there. And I don't hate that one either. good one, uh, good identification there. Now, before we sign off, I do want to say, I, uh, as I was saying to you gentlemen, before we started recording, I'm in this championship league with some of my buddies I've known forever. Now, if you've seen the movie The Prestige, and I know, Hughes, you've seen this. Oh, yeah. I'm talking directly to you, Matt Pambianchi. If you've made it this far, <laughs> am I? are my picks legitimate or am I throwing you <laughs> off the scent? That is for you and you only to decide while you're listening to this podcast before the games kick off. So just want to put that little nugget out there to you, my friend. Did you really
2: think I'd part with my secret so easily after so much? Goodbye, Angie. May you find solace for your thwarted ambition back in your American home. Choose wisely. (laughs) Let's go.
0: Oh, what a great fucking movie.
2: Great movie. Uh, just, yeah, I mean, Bale's awesome in that movie. And, jackman's great too just it's good and scar, scar joe always has a key to my heart
0: phenomenal it's that scene where he's sitting there reading the journal. journals like i'm talking to you tangia <laughs> yeah it's, oh my god it's so, good. so good all right boys well a lot happening uh mr model we got a one point lead at the half for fresno so let's cross our fingers there a lot of great football my friends this is my favorite weekend of the year i'm sure we'll be talking to each yep. other this is uh, I don't even know where we are, episode 124, maybe 125? Let's uh, let's call 125. Yeah. Double down Trent. We'll see yeah. you later next week. Baby, look at me. Look at me.
2: Your money, you know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I wanna leave. You're a big winner. I'm gonna ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino?
0: Huh? Mikey, that's you. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. All right, fine. I'm an asshole. But you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.